My name is Abby, and I welcome you to the Evolving Love Podcast. Whether you are happily monogamous or polyamorous or anything in between, I welcome you to join me in these conversations with my husband and other special guests. On this podcast, I will be sharing my perspectives and experiences in consensual non-monogamy from the last eight years. Let's begin. In today's episode, we discuss what our ideal non-monogamous relationship configuration might look like, our first date fail, recognizing people on alternative dating apps, and our sexual orientations and how they show up in our non-monogamy. Let's begin. Here we are for episode three. It is so nice to be finally sitting here with you in amongst the Lego with a glass of wine. Child is asleep, Mm. our darling, darling child. And now we're just going to have a chat and finally record episode three. Finally, it's happening. It has been uh, kind of uh, something that we've been meaning to to sit down and do over the last month, but uh, it's great to finally be here. Now, we have uh, received some questions. Uh, We even had someone... Uh, send us a voice memo asking a question. So, we thought that we just get straight into it. So, let's play this question and answer it. One thing I was thinking as you were, as I was listening to the podcast, now you've intrigued everyone. You have to tell the story of this first date that, uh, you know, that apparently didn't know it was a date. And you, did you know it was a date? Like, what happened here? Yes, I love thinking back to our very first date. And Yeah, you absolutely had no idea that it was a date. I remember messaging you and asking if we could catch up and we had sort of reconnected perhaps the week before and we had been messaging each other on Facebook. I feel like Facebook was still, oh, it was 2012, but that was was definitely the platform, the, the sliding into the DMs platform. I think I took the lead. I think I may have slid into your DMs. I can't remember. Do you remember? You did. You you slid right in there. I know. I saw you. I was like, yep. So, yeah, I suggested that we catch up for a drink at a really nice pub. That was, you know, awesome. And on a Friday night at like 8 p.m., and we get there. Well, in, in, in my defense, so, so to back up a little bit. So, I had been in a relationship. I was, I think at the time, 21. And I'd been in a relationship for, you know, since I was 18 for about three years. And I'd never really, I kind of fell into that relationship as well. So, I'd, I didn't, I'd never really been on a first date. So, at that point, I was, I was not really accustomed to knowing whether something was a date or not, um, in retrospect. Uh, well, you know about dating now. <laughs> I definitely know about dating now. I think, I, I think I've, uh, I've, I've, I've... You've made up for it. <laughs> I've, I've definitely tried to, to catch up um, for lost time. But yeah, no, it was... It was uh, when you initially approached me, I thought, oh, you know, she's, she's really awesome. She definitely wouldn't be asking me out on a date. She probably just, you know, just wants to catch up and talk about politics or something. You know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, you did slide into my DMs and, uh, yeah, and, and we had a little bit of a chit-chat and then you, you asked me to go on a very obviously first date, first date scenario. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought I was pretty forward. <laughs> anyway, ask you for this date. There we are. We're at the nice pub and we're at the bar. 
and I'm about to order a glass of red wine or something and you ordered a hot chocolate. Straight out the gate, baby. <laughs> hot chocolate. That's how to impress that's how to impress a, a future partner. I mean, it was just so funny because it was it's such a cute drink, you know. So anyway, that was really funny. So I immediately was like, Oh, okay, uh yeah, I'll have a green tea. So th- there we are sitting in this pub, it's like happening and busy. And uh you've got your hot chocolate and I've got a green tea. And it's like, you know, probably looking back, I probably should have just ordered a lime and soda or something, but there we were, like you know, two cuties, you mm. were 21, I had just turned, I'm not even going to say my age, I'm a little bit older than you, not too much older. Just yeah, to, just, just a, f- a few little- uh, A few sneaky. A few little notches on the belt. <laughs> a few little sneaky years older than you. Uh, so yeah, that was that was pretty funny, but we just had such an amazing date and we were chatting all night long. You, I thought it was a date, I was, you know, dressed up or- all- Well, I think as soon as you, as soon as you came in- I definitely knew that you were approaching the situation with a little bit more gravitas than than potentially I was because I remember you were wearing this super hot outfit and I was like, wow, she's like, she's really dressed up. I thought we were just hanging out, you know. I thought we were just becoming friends. Um, (laughs) But then still, I obviously didn't cotton on because I still ordered a a hot chocolate. But I do remember there was, it was one of those kind of, those kind of pub, bar, restaurant-y type vibes. And there was, uh, they, they were playing the football on the, the, the screens. <laughs> and I found it so hard to not look at you and check you out the whole, the whole date across the, across the bar, the bar table, um, that I was kind of averting my attention and kind of looking over your shoulder at the, at the <laughs> rugby that was happening. And then I remember at one point you, you went, oh, you so you, so you really like rugby or something. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, ah, oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Which was a total lie because I, I, I don't really like rugby that much. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was definitely kind of looking all over the place because I, I was struggling to, to keep my composure. Yeah. But we had a great night. We chatted. I think we even had, I think we were wild that night. I think we had a second round of hot chocolate Ooh, yeah, and baby. tea. <laughs> and I think we were like the last ones in there. It was really nice. But I, I, I do also remember that, uh, I remember you asked me my age. Mm, I thought you were older. Yeah, you thought I was older. And then you asked me my age and I said I was 21. And I remember the, the look of disappointment in your eyes. I remember. And then I remember going to the toilet and texting um, my best friend and saying, I think I might accidentally have found myself on a date. And I think <laughs> if I am on a date, I totally buggered it up by saying how old I really am. Um but yeah, I, I do seem to remember that. Yeah, but the thing is with you, you're such a, you have such a beautiful old soul. You really are beyond your years and you were then and you are now. You're still lots of fun and really upbeat, but there's a lot of depth to you and you're an intensely smart human being. So, you could have fooled me. Well, I mean, I love hot chocolate, so, you know. <laughs> It's, it's my it's my go to on any on any date, any future date of choice. Watch out. Yes. Anyway, it all worked out. We were inseparable from that moment. Okay, let's move on to the second part of that question. Absolutely. Okay, let's go. 
but um, I don't know if you're still interested in more questions for future podcasts, but one that I was thinking about, one that I have sort of thought about a lot for myself as well, is like, you know, in your ideal world, like putting aside the specifics of, of the people involved, and obviously, you know, that a, plays a big role in how this would work out in practice, but as a sort of theoretical thing, what would your ideal poly slash swinger slash non-monogamy setup look like, right? Like, to what extent would it be, a, you know, your primary partner and then only one secondary partner or multiple secondary partners? To what extent would it be emotional versus sexual? Like, how would you sort of, in your ideal world, put this together for you and how has that evolved over time you know you sort of mentioned the fact that you've gone from more the sort of sexual swing side into more of a poly side but that's always you know that oversimplifies things you know with everybody as they change these things over time so it'd be really interesting to hear both for you and you know what is what does your ideal look like today and what did it look like before and where do you see that going in the future this is a great second half of the question. Um, it's deep. It is deep. Um, and it's a question that kind of never fully resolves because mm-hmm. it's something that we're always kind of communicating with each other, I feel like. Um, and my answer to it would probably change certainly how I'd answer it right now as to how I'd answer it when we first started kind of exploring this type of stuff. Um, and I guess the simplest answer is... Um, I'm really looking for about 23 women to to follow me around at all times. Harem collector. Yeah, no, harem collecting. That's, that's the, that's where we're really aiming for. Um, or a cult. He's kidding everybody. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Don't take that out of context. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think certainly what we've been comfortable and what I've been comfortable with within our relationship in terms of the balance between, um, sexual side of things and emotional side of things has has changed as our comfort levels have kind of changed. Mm-hmm. But come on. I mean, if you have to imagine one type of scenario right now, like I know it changes all the time. It, we're always saying everything changes. It always does. It has. We've changed so much from when we first started. But in this moment, let's be less abstract. Okay. What would you be into? Okay, I was trying to dodge the question. You are with- so good at dodging. Don't be a politician. Just okay. get into it. Um, so, right at this moment, um, I would say that uh, due to the, the logistics of our life and how much time we actually have to have any other situations other than, you know, the primary relationship that we have together, um, I think it would be really cool to have, you know, like a regular other partner who is a female partner for you? Yeah, a, a female partner, a regular partner for me that was like maybe like once every one or two weeks um, that I could catch up with and we'd hang out and you know get up to mischief. So basically, what you have? Yeah, I guess basically <laughs> what. Yeah, basically that, and I'm pretty content with that because I, I feel that um, anything more than that would would just be a, a lot of mental kind of space being taken up. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just personally. And I, and I think 
with our connection, like we're always connecting kind of, there's like an undercurrent of like sexual connection that's always happening mm. within our relationship. And so, I'm not looking to another partner to like outsource, you know, the, the sexual side of things. Um, and obviously, I have lots of friends who are female who I chat with about, you know, different different things um, in terms of like um, stuff that you talk with friends about. And I also have um, other partners, female partners who, um, you know, we sexed and, you know, there's lots of mm. kind of engaging. There's always like an erotic kind of element with some of my female friendships as well, which is super fun and also kind of filling my cup, um, you know, on that kind of sexual um, level. But then in terms of realistically having the time to actually catch up with a partner probably like yeah once once every week or two weeks maybe Hmm. i think that's probably if i had to choose an ideal situation which luckily (laughs) is the situation um (laughs) uh that's that's what i'd go with um yeah what about you what's your what's your what's your dream situation that's cool I guess before we get into that, it makes me think back to sometimes people say to me, you know, how do you have the time? And it's, you know, this just sort of what you just said reaffirms. It's like with these other relationships or connections or partnerships, it's not having what we have. Like it's not like double. You're not doing double with somebody else. Mm. It's its own thing, like an extension on a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you if you had multiple if you had multiple partners and every time you had a partner, you assumed all of their stress and all of the the day-to-day of their lives and the logistics of their lives. Like if you had at the end of the day, every one of your partners sending you a message saying, look, I had a really rough day at work. You know, I got into an argument with someone and then you spend, you just spend your whole life replying to messages and, you know, trying to, trying to, um, you know, play the role of primary partner to multiple partners. And some people do that. Um, and, and some people are really into kind of giving as much as themselves kind of emotionally um, as they can. Um, but I think, you know, for, for me, that's probably, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could get to that point. Yeah, fair enough. You'd need new thumbs from all the texting. Yeah, I mean, my, like, my <coughs> thumbs already hurt, you know, just from all the sex that we're sending each other. <laughs> <laughs> let, alone, let alone other partners, you know. Okay, I guess for me, I really have always just, you know, obviously it's situational, the people, you know, and it's always, it is always shifting and changing and we do enter into new territory and terrain because of the partners that we have or the connections that we have. Um, I would say I really enjoy you know, having another partner as well, having another male partner who is somebody who could be a really good friend with you and we all get to spend time together and we've had this in different types of situations and relationships in the past uh, where we can all hang out together socially and all have a really good time and you and the partner would have a good friendship. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy a platonic friendship between you and another partner. But I also enjoy the intimacy that we could have together. So, I definitely feel like some kind of group element 
Mm. you know, in an intimate way is really cool. That's something that I'm really into. And, you know, I know that's quite taboo. There's a lot of taboo around one woman with uh, two male partners, but I don't really care about that now. (laughs) That's just... You know, I don't even care about that. That's just something that I'm into and I think is really beautiful and cool. Um, It's also something that I'm really into as well, you know, and I'm super encouraging of that kind of situation. And I remember the first time that we ever, um, you know, that was kind of an an option, you know, in the first couple of episodes, I think we we talked about our kind of journey into um, consensual non-monogamy being one that was with uh, with a female partners initially, and then um, kind of that move into um, you know into exploring sexually with with male partners as well. Yeah, as a straight man, yeah. you know, like we're not talking. You know, this is definitely a, a V hinge type relationship or or a connection. You know, it's like me in the middle as the hinge, and then having you, and then having another male partner. Um, where we can all be together, but there isn't a sexual connection between you and the other partner. It's like a, a friendship and a bond, mm. which I think is awesome. Uh, I also love, yeah, I love the idea of keeping things open. So, you know, I would never want to hinder another partner from connecting with other people or having other partners or you having other partners. I love a metamore relationship. I actually feel like I really... Uh, There are a lot of aspects of polyamory that I feel like would be really uh, positive for me and would actually be like very realistic situations. I actually, you know, I know that it would challenge me a little bit, um, you know, but I know that I am a welcoming, caring, natural, you know, I'm a friend. So I feel like, you know, I would love to connect with a partner of yours and I have done in the past many times. So, you know. That's that's a beautiful thing. But also, you know, keeping things open. So I guess, yeah, with another partner, it can always be, uh, yeah, open. But I would one thing that I, I don't think that I would want is, is a closed polyamorous type relationship. Um, I do like the idea of things staying open. I could imagine maybe a closed polyamorous relationship later on in our life when we sort of get to a point where we, you know, Maybe we're a fair bit older. We have our our darlings who we're close to, and we're just good. So, like in the nursing home, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never really thought of it like that, but um, yeah, that's where all the fun happens. I mean, apparently we have we have heard some. There are some funny nursing yeah, home. Yeah, you can have stories. like a little polycule happening. You know, you could have rooms next to each other, you know, one Oh, one it's night. kind of set up for it, isn't it? Yeah, with Beryl, <laughs> Beryl in one room. Oh, my gosh, stop. Us in the S- other. Okay, stop, 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 stop. That's too much. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, I think what I – I don't really know what I would identify as at the moment as well with my openness. I sort of – I feel like I do have a poly – I do have a – polyamorous heart but I don't know how I don't know if I'm in a place at the moment to really practice polyamory and sort of um, honor different partners in a way that would feel really nourishing for other people as well I think because of yeah where we're at in our life and our you know we, we're still we're so enmeshed with each other we're so entwined and very emotionally monogamous in so many ways. So I don't really know how to connect those two, 
you know, understandings together of, you know, yes, I, I think I probably am polyamorous, but I'm not quite sure how to practice polyamory at the moment in a way that would honor other partners and would honor what we have and have, have all of that working. You know, that's a, you know, the more people, the more, the more our hearts open, the more, you know, emotions and feelings are involved there. There, It's, it's so delicate. And we, we really do have a, have a lot happening with our son and our life and um, everything. And, you know, I, I would want to honor everybody. So yeah, I'm just like, just being gentle with it. And it's just something that we're just in conversation about and just not rushing. There's no rush. There's no end point to polyamory. Mm. It's just day by day and week by week and keeping the conversation open. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the the healthiest way to do it is is just to keep the conversation flowing and keep uh keep evolving. Um or just hitting pause or even regressing, you know. There there can be a a beautiful thing about, you know, trying something and then maybe realizing that okay, that was slightly out of our comfort zone or didn't feel right necessarily and then just kind of retreating back into to kind of a previous setting of your relationship um, can also can also be really beautiful and healthy at the same time. Mm. And that's what I say to friends who are monogamous and who are curious about non-monogamy in one way or another, you know, whether it be just a little bit of sexual explorations together with somebody else or, you know, something that's a little bit more monogamish. You know, I always say to friends, I'm like, you can try this and then go back. Like, I think there can be a lot of ideas around if you do this once, everything's changed, you're never the same, your connection's ruined, something or other. I think that probably plays into some kind of monogamy, purity type, you know, only being each other's person or something. But you can just try something out and then go back if it doesn't work. Mm. I mean, that's something that uh, I, I spoke with recently about someone who did ask me the question. They said that they were thinking about opening up with, with their relationship. Um, and they said, you know, is, it, is, it, is, it, is there a risk to doing this? Um, and they were really concerned that, you know, that it would potentially kind of break their relationship by, by in the worst case scenario. And, and my response was that really the only risk is uh, that once you kind of explore these ideas and start having these communications with your partner and, and having these experiences, it's very hard to forget that the experiences happened. And if both people in the relationship really are on the same page about, um, you know, opening up and then, and then trying to explore these things together in a really healthy way, and then one person in the partnership goes, this is amazing, this is totally um, you know, how I want to live um, our life together in our partnership. And then the other partner goes, actually, this is absolutely not what I want to do. Um, that, I guess, um, can be a really tricky thing to kind of backtrack. Mm, it can be very revealing. So, and I think, yeah, it, it can it can show you a lot. And for some, you know, for some, it might be easier to not step into that space because, you know, things might already be going really well and it's like, why, why change it up or try something different? So, yeah, I think it just comes down to people and, and all of that. But I think, you know, I, it would be a lie to say that, you know, these, trying these new types of relationships, that it's, 
that it's just really easy and it's just really fun all the time and and all of that. It's like it it does take work. It is unstable sometimes because you're bringing in new people. So there are new um, possibilities for things that you can't really plan for or in, or expect to show up. So mm. I was just reading recently in Jessica Fern's book, uh, Polysecure, you know, that non-monogamous relationships are inherently uh, a little bit insecure because of the very structure of them because there are so many moving parts. So you can still have security within yourself and within your partnerships, but the sort of structure amongst themselves and the ever-changing, they're ever-changing. So, Mm. you know, you sort of have to be at peace with the fact that things do ebb and flow, that there are there are shifts. So you sort of have to be ready to like ride those waves. Mm. And I think there are probably some ways, thinking back to what I said before, I, I feel like there are definitely some ways in which um, one can kind of, you know, um, prepare themselves for kind of moving into that space of opening up the relationship. And that kind of worst case scenario of, of, you know, your partner loving it and you not loving it or, or vice versa. You know, if you if you are firstly fantasizing about all the hot situations that could possibly come, a lot of the, the red flags could come up early on. You know, we, we spent a lot of time before we did anything with any other mm. people, kind of bringing people in of of having these hot steamy nights where we were where we were chatting about you know wouldn't it be amazing to you know um you know have a have <laughs> a, th- a threesome with your work <laughs> colleague <laughs> oh yeah we did yeah mine that was awesome yeah yeah we did but but i mean those <laughs> those fantasies um are what kind of prepare you for the reality of actually doing something yeah. you know you don't really want to just uh, like go oh okay well this this sounds like a great thing. Let's just do it. And then you've never actually talked about it when you're having sex. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you want to cultivate compersion in your mind mm. together in fantasy before mm. you're in the moment. You know, it is something to be cultivated. It is, uh, you know, compersion, a state that you enter. So get, getting into that zone, getting into that mindset and, um, yeah, sort of preparing yourself within your imaginations it's a really beautiful way to do it and see what see what comes up you know even a guided compersion meditation talking things through with one another it's awesome Mm. and safe and and it's the kind of thing where if you're in a safe environment just with your partner you can have these experiences that might be really erotic or might be really triggering and kind of trigger this kind of like you know, jealousy or, or might trigger, you know, different kind of not necessarily amazing emotions. And But you, you have the comfort of doing it just with your partner and you can debrief it and you can talk about it and say, oh, why did this come up? Or, you know, what was, what was how, did, how did it make you feel? Um, I, I, certainly for us, I felt like it was as soon as we started to fantasize and it's something we do a lot about, um, you know, when we have sex is is like talking about fantasies during that. Um, and it's it's always kind of really just just it's felt like a you know um, as soon as we start doing that it's kind of like building this kind of huge crescendo in the in the experience um, at the moment you know in the time um, and it's always kind of added a lot to to kind of our you know our play yeah and then I'm like the next morning I'm like are we actually gonna do that 
Because, like, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Usually the answer is yes, I think. Yeah. When we can manage it, when we have time, when we have a babysitter, when... Yeah. <laughs> lots of logistics, lots of scheduling. Absolutely. I saw a meme the other day that was like, polyamory is just people with a scheduling kink. And I was like, that is so true. Also, I wish that was my kink. Oh, you would be. You would be fulfilled. <laughs> You would be constantly fulfilled. <laughs> My life is logistics. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe, you know, because we've always talked about, well, recently we've we've talked a lot more about like, are we in polyamorous territory or, but I think when we become truly in that territory, it's when we start scheduling, well, is when we start kind of joining our diaries together, is when the, the Gmail uh, calendars start to sync up, uh, we start to sync them with partners. I think that's- Ooh. That's, that's when, when we, you know. That's when you know. That's when you know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. unlikely that you're, okay, you're yeah, still when- a swinger if, <laughs> <laughs> if you've got synced Gmail calendars. Oh, my gosh. That's the moment. Okay. We've come to another question. Um, so, this one we received um, and the question was addressed to you, Abby. And the question is, Abby, how does being bisexual change your experience with consensual non-monogamy? Well, I don't really know how it changes my experience as it has always been a part of our non-monogamous experience from the very beginning. Uh, we did go down that road initially where I was, where we were non-monog- where we were exploring our non-monogamy with other women and I've always known that I was bisexual from the age of 16 and I've had different interactions with friends and women sort of from that time on off over the years. And so it always just felt very natural to me. I didn't even really have to think about it. Uh, I definitely had to stop and think about it a little, you know, when we were thinking about bringing other men into this situation. But that makes me think, Liam, uh, you know, sort of I want to talk a little bit more about your sexuality because we do have, you know, we do engage um, in sexual activity with other men and you are straight and there's no interaction there. But, you know, I think that just goes so far against the grain of what a straight man would ever do. So I'm really, I know we've sort of touched on this before and, but I really want to talk about this because I get asked this all the time. I actually am always being asked about your sexuality because it's like, how can he be comfortable with this um, if he is straight? Well, you flipped the question right back on me. I but, did, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll field it. Um, yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I think I think there is a stigma around um, exp- like sexual experiences with other men, um, and and just by virtue of the fact that you're in the same room, that must mean that you're you know a closeted um, you know homosexual or, or something like that, and. And I've always f- felt really uh, lucky in the fact that if if I if I was um, uh, bisexual or, or homosexual, I would feel really comfortable kind of coming out um, to my family and coming out to my friends and and even you know ex- sharing that kind of those feelings with you as well. I mean, it would be totally fine. Yeah, it would be totally fine. But I'm just it's just you know for for whatever reason. Um, you know, I just don't really have those inclinations and it's not something that, um, 
you know, necessarily uh, arouses me. Um, you know, I did the the classic, um, you know, watching uh, gay porn as a teenager just to see what would happen, um, just to see whether I'd be into it. And uh, you know, my my experiment at the time was a was a failure. And uh, it, it turns out <laughs> turns out I wasn't really that into watching gay porn. Um, so it's it's interesting. Because I think a lot of the the issues surrounding it comes with people who don't really know much about uh, kind of um, you know group sex experiences, um, but it's 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 just a kind of a, a weird uh, stigma, you know. Obviously, men feel comfortable watching lots of porn where there's lots of penises in porn. Well, that's what I'm always thinking. There's always like the porn that everyone's watching has, you know. There's penises. You can in say the- dicks. It's okay, fine. I can say dick. Okay. Yeah, we're an explicit rated I know. podcast. It's like, you know, people watching porn and there's a dick in porn. Totally yeah. fine. But then all of a sudden it's like their dick is, you know, the classic, the the only dick in the room thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big thing. And, and I felt- uh, Well, it's not a big thing around our friends. No, no. <laughs> Not among the people that we hang out with, but yeah, that's that's true. But uh, a lot of people who like a lot of friends who don't necessarily like a lot of our older friends who aren't necessarily um, kind of in the scene or kind of know about these things. These are the questions that they usually have for us. You know, these are questions that kind of question of like, oh, well, Liam must want to have a threesome with another guy just because he wants to be around another g- naked guy and kind of get involved with another naked guy. Even if he doesn't do it at the time, you know, he must be, you know, secretly harboring these these kind of feelings. Um, when reality, um, it's, just, it's just awesome, you know. It's so awesome. It is awesome, and and I love it, and and you know I'm 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 lucky that I I feel totally comfortable within myself, and also within my own kind of I guess masculinity or or sexuality that you know I don't feel that threat with another male presence, and that's something that you know um, so some people have to kind of really reconcile, um, you know, working through by being in, in within this kind of uh, orientation of being open to, to, to kind of different sexual experiences. There's a lot of guys out there who are really comfortable having as many threesomes um, as they could possibly handle with women. But as soon as their partner goes, well, okay, we've had heaps of threesomes with women. I'd love to connect with another guy. The guy goes, oh, no, 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 that's, 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 that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that I love about you is that you don't have any sexual competitiveness with any other men. Which is really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I it's would, great for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it, but I I also feel like I want to be in a sexual environment. Like I'm everyone's cheerleader. You know, everyone should just be having the best time ever, and everything should be, you know, kind of, you know, these. The, everyone's kind of rising up to these these sexual heights. You know, that's that's what we should be doing, especially in, in group situations. You never want to be in a situation where you go, oh, well, I hope that guy isn't as good at sex and then I'm going to look really good, you know, in front of my partner, you know. It's oh, like, that would be so horrible. That would be so horrible. and But it's it, it does happen, you know. And, and I think um, whenever you're in a situation, I just want it to be so awesome for you that uh, – you know, that it really feeds into our relationship as well. And I get to see you in these, you know, really amazing states of, of um, excitement. So exciting. Yeah. A beautiful 
sexual collaboration with within the group. But I'm going to flip the, the question back onto you so you have to actually answer the initial question. <laughs> Didn't I answer it? I guess you kind of did. Um, but uh, can you share – I'm going to, going to ask um, – a more specific version of that. Um, so, can you explain or, or kind of describe a time within our relationship when you kind of really felt like you you were kind of falling for a for for a girl? Yeah. So that definitely happened. I think in 2015 when we had a friend of yours uh, visiting with his wonderful girlfriend, and we had a very spontaneous, very uh, exciting sort of sexual encounter with them that nobody planned for. There mm. wasn't even really any communication around it. I had only met her that day. We'd, we'd spent the day all together and spending time and having a lovely time and great chats and dinner and a little bit of wine. And then her and I just had such a strong connection and then the four of us were together and it was so beautiful and special and it went on for so many hours. And then the next day, I remember they went off somewhere else on the, the next part of their trip and we were to see them again a week later. But I felt so moved because I the it was almost like new relationship energy, but with someone who I'd just been intimate with and I just couldn't stop thinking about her. I think I even had a few tears. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah I felt very emotional about it. And I think I was just sort of – I think it was just the – just the feelings from having such a special time and I really wanted to see her again and him. He was amazing. I didn't really have in the way that that worked. I didn't really sort of connect in with him that night and you didn't connect in with her. It was sort of this beautiful parallel situation where her and I were together. It was really wonderful. And my infatuation, it was like an infatuation or something. I don't know. I just really connected with her and we were having these beautiful messages and communications. And then we ended up, um, sort of sharing and reminiscing creatively all four of us on the night that we've had and and that's happened with them over the years in different cities around the world depending on where we were living and yeah so now we're going to come to our final question which I think is quite it's quite a good one actually it is have you ever recognized other people or have you been recognised by other people on a non-monogamous dating app? Great question. It's so good. Yes and yes. Mm. Well, we do live in a place that's that doesn't have a, a huge amount of people. Mm. So, so that does increase the chances of uh, we haven't, I haven't uh, accidentally stumbled across like my old English teacher or something, or like my mum's best friend. That would kind of be pretty wild. Um, but yeah, there there was a situation where um, where you were recognised. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? So it was a couple of years ago. We had just moved back home, and we were chatting with this really awesome couple who were in Sydney. And we were so excited to meet with them. And I think we'd been chatting for about maybe a month or so. And we had actually set our location, I think, in Sydney because we're from a smaller city and we didn't want people to, we didn't want to be recognized in our city. So I thought, okay, great. You know, we're so new to this online dating thing. Let's let's look in Sydney. 
connected with this great couple. They were coming to Canberra, you know, all all organized. We had everything sorted out to have some really nice uh, connection time with them and then also, you know, go out for breakfast the next day and, you know, have a nice time. And then it was like the Monday before we were meeting them on the Friday and he sends me a message saying, I think I just saw you in an Instagram photo. That, Crazy. That my friend had posted. I thought, what? An Instagram photo? We've just recently come back from overseas. Like, what Instagram photo is this? And I realized, like, one of my best friends had shared a photo of her and I just a few days before. I thought, this is crazy. And I knew his, you know, his first name. I don't think we had exchanged last names, which is pretty common in this world. You sort of wait until you really meet in person and have a connection before you share more, you know, social media or last names, just just to be safe. Um And I looked up his first name and then I remembered him from 10 years ago when she met him randomly in another city in Australia and they had a a, a bit of a hot fling and they stayed in touch for a while and, you know, it was sort of all we were all talking about was this fling that she had with this guy and we all sort of had a bit of a, a really endearing nickname for him And it was all such a funny, happy, joyous time. And I just couldn't believe that all of these years later, we had connected through this non-monogamous dating app. And I wrote back and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Like, I remember you because I was her confidant. I was, I heard all about it. And so it was just an amazing thing. And yeah, it's sort of, it's just been really funny. And, And I spoke to her about it and um, you know, obviously, I'll, you know, that was so long ago in the past. And yeah, she thought it was really funny as well. And I think they even maybe had a bit of a chat about it. And because they were obviously still in touch because they were Instagram friends. So yeah, it was just really funny and totally random. And yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, it is a small world. And uh, the ideal situation is that all these awesome people who are super open minded and super sex positive can basically just kind of form this mega network of awesomeness around the world and mm. around obviously Australia, which is where yeah. we are if our accents haven't given that away. Um, yeah, I actually love it when we recognize people off the apps. It's happened to us a number of times. So we didn't answer that part. Mm. We have recognized a whole handful of people on dating apps who we knew um, just from our, you know, we just call it regular, like vanilla life. And not that there's anything wrong with vanilla. Vanilla is an amazing flavor, but it is the word that is often used for people who are not sort of in this world. And it's always so exciting and fun and messaging them straight away being like, oh my goodness, us too. Or I'm like, oh my goodness, yes, please come along to this women's night that I have and we can talk about all of the things. So I actually, that was my recent um, experience where I recognized a girl from, from, regular life and message her straight away and was like, this is me, come along. And so, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing uh, to be vulnerable together and be like, oh, look, we're both here. We're both. <laughs> I think initially uh, when we were setting up profiles and we, we did set up our profile 
in another city, <laughs> which is a pretty extreme way to go. Uh, but but we were we were really just so paranoid about those kind of awkward uh, awkward chance meetings in our hometown. Yeah, now I live for them. Yeah, I'm like, but, please, the more awkward. Let's just let's people, just run at it. People recognised us. Uh, well, yeah pretty straight out the gate as well in our hometown which is which is interesting but everyone's everyone's super super chill about it and you know everyone's everyone's if if people are bumping into each other in those kind of online kind of open-minded uh places uh usually everyone's everyone's down to have a chat about how funny it is that you've somehow stumbled across each other and now uh you're going to go to the go to the park and hang out yeah, I think there was also one time where you really recognised someone's jawline and then you were, like, comparing the photos you were showing me. Yes, yeah. You were like, is this the same jawline? Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> I was like... I, he I, has a great jaw. He does have a great jaw He's- and and I really, really felt... It was, like, enough of the jawline. Like, it was maybe, like, 50% <laughs> of his jawline and I was like, God, that really does look like him. And we were like, and yes, that's the same hair that she has... Yeah, we we yeah. deduced it, and then <laughs> and then I, I I took a I took a gamble and said, I know this is a long shot, but I I think I recognise your jawline, and <laughs> and I think we actually know each other, and we've known each other for a long time. Um, yeah, but, that's uh, great. Yeah, it's it's a it's a small world, but it's that these are fun little coincidences when they when they do happen. Thank you so much for listening to the third episode of the Evolving Love podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, get in touch, you can follow my Instagram page, which is Evolving Love Project, or you can reach out to us via our website, which is Liam. www.evolvingloveproject.com And if you are enjoying listening to this podcast, we'd love for you to rate it wherever you listen to it on your podcast platform, whether that's on iTunes or whether that's on Spotify, feel free to subscribe um, or just tell anyone who might be interested in listening to people talk about these topics. Thank you so much for joining us here and listening to us on the Evolving Love Podcast.